This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, good morning and welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio with Charlie Dobbin, aided and abetted by yours truly. How are you this morning, Charlie? I am really freezing cold. <laughs> well, you need to put a coat on or get a space heater. <laughs> or, yeah, exactly. Get out an electric blanket. I know, funny day to be talking about gardening. It's just, uh, it's a um, bit of a bit of a chilly day here. Minus 16, snow in the forecast, so the temperature will go up. But uh, the birds are very busy. I will give them that. My, my yard is alive with feathered friends flocking into the bird bath and eating all the seeds that Elliot puts out just so well. Indeed. I actually cleaned my uh, I cleaned my bird feeder this morning. Mm-hmm. I thought it was time, so I emptied it all out and gave it a wash and dried it out well before and put it on the heat vent and made sure it was all dry before I put it back out. And they're back. Yep, the finches and that are all back again. That, that's so, great. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah. Listen, before we keep yeah. talking, I want to give out the numbers uh, okay. because I know we have to take a break shortly. And I'm sure you'll have more to chat about with the birds and the indoor gardening because there is indoor gardening happening mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, but if you live in Toronto, give us a call, 416-360-0740. Or if you live outside Toronto, anywhere in the province of Ontario, toll free, one 740 4740 And do let Ashy know if you're a first-time caller... Because I'll give you those, the garden wings, uh, call off and call early. Yeah, don't leave the call right till the last nine minutes, because then <laughs> we have trouble fitting them in. Call now. Yeah. yeah, and one question per call, please. Yeah, so uh, so what is happening in your indoor gardening this week? Um, well, uh, the amaryllis continues to beautify my my uh, my world. Uh, I have a huge big poinsettia too, so I'm gonna uh, take a photo later and show you. But I've got a couple of amaryllis, pink and red, blooming, and another one coming. So that'll you know they're just nicely talking to each other and cycling through. So I've just got I've had two got come and go, and now they're just green leaves. So remember when the amaryllis finishes blooming or if it doesn't bloom at all let it be a green plant enjoy the leaves and uh, know that those leaves are doing a good thing fattening up the bulb for next year but it is okay to cut the stem off that had the flower on it right that we can yeah cut off. um i leave that as long as i can as long as it's green i leave it there but you're right i take off the top of the flower stem where the the petals have all kind of crinkled yes. into uh into mush that comes off. But anything green on your plants, leave the green because the green is doing good things, absorbing sunshine and turning that sun energy into sugar for themselves. Excellent. Okay. Sunshine. What the heck is that? <laughs> sunshine. It's so funny. When it comes out these days, everybody jumps. They go, oh, my goodness, the sun. The I know. Sun. Because it has Quick. been so uh, so overcast in the last month or so. Yeah, I think we've had broken some records actually for um, small amount of sun, actual sun in uh, southern Ontario this this winter. 
Indeed. Okay, we do have some calls coming in, but we have lots of open line, or, yeah, lots of lines open. So please give us a call, and we'll be right back with much more on the Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back here on the Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. Uh, the numbers to call once again: four one six three six zero zero seven forty or one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Charlie, let's go to our first caller. We have Louise, who is calling from Toronto. And uh, Louise, I understand that you are a first-time caller. Yes. Morning. Well, I'm going to give you your garden wings. Good morning. There you go. Welcome thanks to for, the show. Yeah, thanks for being a first-time caller. What do you got for Charlie there? I have a problem with my African violet. It used mm-hmm. to bloom. It's not dead. I give it water. It's still mm-hmm. alive, but I don't know what to do to bring it to bloom again. Hmm. It used to bloom you might all the time. Be taking, you might be taking too good of care of it. <laughs> Where? How much light is it in? Is it in a bright spot in your home? It's in my living room, and I have two big windows that shine mm-hmm. right in on it. But I have okay. another African violet right beside it, a pink one. And no matter what I do with this pink one, it never stops blooming. <laughs> It'll stop and it blooms. So, and I can't get this purple one, which is beautiful when it blooms, and I can't get this one to bloom. I gave it some African violet um, medicine yesterday. I gave it two of the two um, things full. So okay. hopefully with warm water, and I said, hopefully it'll come around. Probably. I mean, you're right. African violets can bloom year round. And some of them, like you said, just keep on perking along, blooming beautifully. I find that they want a bright spot. I find an east window or a north window, if you're right in the window, works well. If it's a brighter room, like a south or a western exposure, then I usually have the plants away from the window, you know, a good six or eight or ten feet away, well, just in a bright spot. Let them dry between waterings. Feel the surface of the soil. If the soil is dry to your fingers but still a little bit spongy, then you can water. But typically we water from below, water into the saucer below the pot. We avoid getting the leaves wet on our African violets and flowers. Obviously, we don't want to get them wet either. And fertilizing, you're right, uh, food, If particularly for African violets that we don't repot very often and they sit in the same soil forever and ever and ever. Fertilizer is a good thing, um, a good idea. Follow the instructions, of course, on the fertilizer package so you're giving the right amount uh, and not too often because too much fertilizer can be a can be a real problem. Warmth is important. They like, you know, room temperature or slightly even warmer. Um, you know, they, yeah, they do like that. And um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think what else, what else? Dean was just commenting how his mom, his grandmother loved her African violets and my mom was the same. She loved her African violets. And when I'd get questions on the radio show, I'd always say, hold on, I gotta call my mom. (laughs) (laughs) She'll know how to solve that problem. But you know, I finally do go up and down. I have uh, one I've had for 20 plus years. It's just a white African violet. It's nothing that special, but it does bloom on and off. It just sort of does its thing. And uh, as long as I remember to water it, it'll bloom. So they're they're well, pretty low maintenance. I think what way. you're doing is fine. 
I don't know when it's going to bloom. The leaves are fine. There's the odd one. I have to water it from the top. I can't water this one from the bottom because of because... the pot. The pot, the way it's made. The so- oh. I can't water it from the bottom because it's a... Um, it's a planter that has the the plate underneath it, and it's all glued together in the pot. Oh, attached, right. It's attached, and it bloomed all the time before, but I had used to have a lot of ones. I had purple, I had pink and white, I had all kinds of them last year, and I gave them all away mm. to a lot of people because I had far too many of them. Mm. But this one pink one, no matter what I do to it, I move it, it falls, I take a leaf, yeah. replant it, and root it, and it starts again. I can't huh. kill this other one, no matter what <laughs> I do. Well, purple ones tend to be the toughest, so I don't give up. Be patient. I think you'll find that it'll it'll come back around. We are in the depths of winter right now, so a lot of plants are just saying, I want to go to Florida, and they're just like, <laughs> mind you, I think it's pretty cold in Florida right now, but nevertheless, they've got their little, you know, their heads down and their hands, leaves are covering their ears and eyes. They just don't want to deal with reality right now, so be patient. I think you'll find it'll perk right back up and produce some blooms for you, but keep an eye on it. I'm certainly... Tidying up African violets matters. Uh, take away dead leaves they, from below and talk to them. They are flowers. They are plants that I find respond to your love and attention and grooming. Well, they like they like uh, they like seven forty. They like the music. Oh, good. <laughs> there you go. See, that's I what mean, I mean. I'm dancing <laughs> around here uh, when I'm not out. I'm dancing around here, dancing around them, and I say, "Are you going to bloom this week or this month?" <laughs> and I have to laugh at them. I, but that's uh, great. my Excellent. daughter says okay. to me, "Well, it is what it is." Thank you very much, yeah. Charlie. And Thank I you very much, Louise. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and uh, now that you're a first-time caller, don't be a stranger. <laughs> that's right. Thank Coffee's you. always on, and we're always dancing. Yeah. Now, uh, Louise said something that reminded me, um, I don't have one, but my grandmother who had her violets had a pot that also had, uh, I guess, an internal uh, an internal drain tray. And so yeah. there was a little opening near the bottom that you poured in water near the bottom. So because and so then you could water it from the outside. So it 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 was designed for that, apparently. Right. But that sounds like one that they would have called a yeah. self-watering pot. So it had a reservoir below. Yes. And you and would you fill, fill the reservoir. The reservoir. Yeah. And yeah. then the water would wick because there'd literally be a, yes. a wick that would take the moisture from that reservoir up into the soil and move that water crazy how that moves upwards yes. against gravity the water will move up the soil to the roots um but um yeah it doesn't sound like that's what louise has no. she might yeah she might find that just a more simple pot is the way to go if she does end up repotting that african violet it's uh it's always nice to be able to see what's going on you know to be able to water and see the water coming out the bottom uh and not wonder did I give it enough? You know, should I give it more? Did I give it too much? Or have so it overflow? So if, if you have a regular pot, then do you just fill the saucer with water and then yeah. set it in and let it soak up? Is that what you exactly, do? Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Okay. And, you know, okay. wait about 20 minutes or so. And if there's water still in the saucer, then you dump it in, down the sink. Because okay. you don't want it to be sitting in water for any extended period. No. Okay, cool. Okay, we have to take a short break, but we will be right back with much more on The Garden Show. 
Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, this is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, and everything floral indeed, or green, or whatever it's growing, indoor, outdoor, will, uh, you know, Charlie will... Uh, edible. Will, yeah, or edible, yeah. Charlie yeah. will listen to anything. She, so, <laughs> give her a call. I personally like to see her stumped a little bit. You know, it makes me happy. You oh, know? there you go. <laughs> makes you giggle. Makes but me you, giggle. You know what I was thinking about? Like, I got this epiphany last night, sort of at midnight. I was thinking, you know, lettuce, let, leaf lettuce. Mm-hmm. I... I think I might just start some serious leaf lettuce growing under my grow lights. Oh. It's a bit chilly in my basement, so I was trying to figure out I need to make like a, a tent around. The, you know, if I plant some seeds, I've got my lights, I've got heat because I've got the little warming from below. Yeah. But it won't really be humid enough or warm enough because it's only about 18 or 19 degrees in my basement. So I'd have to maybe make like a like a little plastic world like for them but you know what i just fresh you know have you tasted some of the limp lettuce that's for sale yep. in the stores yes, what we're paying and it's was picked like two weeks ago yeah i don't know i'm just dreaming about some really fresh <laughs> well i think you should do it and i want to see <laughs> pictures of your little world that you built <laughs> all right <laughs> okay i'm, I'm gonna I'm going to give out the numbers for our world so that people will give us a call because we have lots of room on the lines. Uh, Don't hesitate. Pick up the phone, 416-360-0740. That's the Toronto number. If you live outside Toronto, use this number. It's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And you know somebody who did pick up the the phone and give us a call is Hazel. She's calling from Mississauga. So welcome to the Garden Show, Hazel. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, my question this morning is regarding a fig tree that um, a neighbor had given to my husband. Um, the uh, neighbor had started the tree, I assume from a cutting, but um, when we got it, it was, uh, oh, it's now um, about uh, 14 inches. No, it's about two feet tall right now, and it has grown 14 inches since we brought it indoors. Mm-hmm. The, um we're wondering how to look after it. The leaves are, are, we've lost a couple of the leaves. When it came in, when we brought it in, it was just a stalk. The leaves mm-hmm. fell off, which um, our neighbor told us was normal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then new leaves started to form. Um, the bottom of the stem looks, you know, sort of woody, barkish. It's thin, sure. but it's brown. And the top part of it, um, the new growth is all green. So we're right. wondering, what do we do? Okay, so um, quick question. Do you have it someplace like in your living room or someplace warm and sunny? We have it in the, yes, we do have it in the hallway and it's um, it's bright. Bright. Okay. <clears throat> all right. So I'm not a fig specialist and I know some of the people listening have grown or, or, or are growing figs as we speak. But from what I know, 
I guess there's kind of two ways to deal with figs in the winter. They, they're they not hardy enough to leave outdoors. They will die in the cold. But when we yeah. bring them in, they still are seasonal plants in the sense that they want to have a, a rest for the winter. So most people who are successful with figs for the winter will put them into a cool location, a, a basement bedroom, someplace where there's a window so there's light but they won't do a lot of watering and the temperature will be quite, quite cool. Not below freezing, obviously, but, you know, 10, 11, 12 degrees so that the plant is dormant um, or semi-dormant. Uh, might take some water, like you check the soil uh, and once spring, I mean, in the next month or so, all these plants are just going to be blossoming wide awake, ready to, to go. And in the case of your fig, I'm sure that's exactly what will happen anyway, is that it's kind of just sitting there right now, waiting for the yeah, brighter, brighter sunshine. new leaves. It's yeah. producing new leaves, so it should good. be in a dormant period right now? Well, no, not if, not if it's already January and you've not sort of allowed it to, to go to sleep. Um, it maybe it had its little sleep just when the neighbor brought it over and it had no leaves on it then. Well, it, it was leaves, in a semi-dormant. What's that? Uh, it did have leaves when the neighbor gave it to us. Oh, I see. But those leaves fell off mm. and um, then new growth has been going on ever since. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to light. You're going to need a really bright spot. The hall might not be bright enough. You need like direct sun for this plant. Um, The other thing is, if you have access to the Internet, a friend of mine, and you know what, we're going to have to get him on the show, Dean. It's been a while. His name is Stephen Biggs. Mm -hmm. So S-T. E-P-H-E-N, Stephen Biggs. He's Toronto-based. He's quite the gardener. He's quite the horticulturalist. You can find him at his website, and it's called Food Garden Life. One word, foodgardenlife.com. And I just went quickly to his website, and the first thing that pops up is join the gang, the Food Garden Gang, and by joining, providing your email, you will get right away in your hand two free guides. One is 20 small space food garden hacks. The other is grow figs where you think you can't in cold climates, because he's a fig guy. Stephen Biggs wrote a book called The Fig Pig, and he's been growing figs for many, many, many years. So like I said, I'm going to have to get him on here because he's Mr. Fig, Mr. Ontario mm-hmm. Fig particularly. Uh, so he would he would could tell you definitively what to do right now. So my suggestion is go to his foodgardenlife.com website. Oh, and I spelled his name wrong. It's not a PH. It's a V. S-T-E-V-E-N Biggs. Um, yeah, go to his website. Uh, he does have lots of good information about fig growing at, on his website. Is his daughter the tomato? Exactly, Emma. Oh, oh right, yeah. the tomato girl. Exactly. <laughs> she started, she was like 13 years old. She wrote a book with her dad. And now, gosh, she's probably 18 or 19. But yeah, she grows hundreds of varieties of tomatoes every year and does sell yeah. seeds. Yeah. So if you're looking for unusual tomato seeds yep. this spring f- to grow this summer, check out Emma Biggs and her tomato varieties. Oh, I will have okay. to do that. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, Thank thanks you. very much for the call, Hazel. Yeah. And uh, good luck you. with your thanks fig tree. Info. Okay, yeah. bye-bye. 
Bye bye now. Yeah, and we uh, I'm already looking forward to having uh, Stephen on the show. That that I mean, if we can get him on, that'd be fun. Oh yeah, he'd be happy to come on. I'm sure he's he's based in North York. We would basically just ask him to join us by phone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I uh, find it fascinating. I was telling you uh, when we were in the commercial break that uh, mm-hmm. uh, first house that that Gail and I ever bought, we had a neighbor uh, who once the snow, uh, you know, melted away in the spring, we had moved in in December yeah. and started digging uh, his backyard up and pulling up boards. And uh, and that was what he had. He had four fig trees at the back of his property uh, that were all he would bury them every year. He would yeah. uh, unearth half of the root system and lower it into the <laughs> like a wow. great sort of thing and cover it with boards and dirt. And, uh, they were about, uh, they were about 10 and 12 feet tall. These things, they were really wow. tall. Yeah. And then you'd get figs and we had a few of them and it was like, Oh my goodness. And fresh. I became, yeah, fresh figs. I became just fascinated that he, that you could do that. I had no idea. I know. And so he's not your neighbor anymore. No, uh, Tom passed away near number of, he, they were already in, they were an older couple, um, mm. uh, Italian and the entire backyard. This was, a. Like what we would call a row house, it was a it was a very old, like a hundred year old uh, house in Hamilton, and they were attached. And their whole backyard was nothing but dirt when uh, there was no grass whatsoever. And uh, again, perplexed by this, but then once we got to know them, they were such a lovely couple, and uh, they everything the whole backyard was garden. You know, they had no use for grass. It was all tomatoes, 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 and basil, and tomatoes, and basil, and basil. Wow. And she would make vats of tomato sauce I every bet. year. And then they had the figs along the back. Yeah. Wow. And I that's- imagine they were Italian, not wanting to be stereotypical there, but that sounds like a an Italian family. Yes, it was. They were Italian, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Maria and Tomas. Oh, sweet. And so, yeah, they were great. Lovely, <laughs> I wonder lovely what happened to the fig trees when they moved. That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, it's possible that uh, maybe one of the kids held on to the house. Oh, um, okay. But, uh, wait, yeah. Wait, Thomas, you moved. Uh, yeah, and Thomas died before we left, or probably about 20 years ago. So he's been gone a long time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, fascinating. Fascinating. I fascinating. Uh, and I know variety. these are plants that get smuggled in and people's, you know, sewn into the lining of their yes. coats. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's what he did. I'm pretty sure that uh, we were told uh, by uh, Maria that he had brought them over years before that as little seedlings or something like that, uh-huh. tucked in his tucked Com- in his shirts or something. Completely illegal. Completely illegal. <laughs> we don't we don't rec- you know recommend no, that whatsoever. <laughs> we don't condone that at all. Okay, I'm going to give the numbers out: four one six three six zero zero seven forty one eight six six seven forty. 4740. Don't be shy. We're going to go now talking to uh, Alice, who lives in North York. Welcome to the Garden Show. Alice. Thank you for taking my call. Charlie, I have a problem with my bay leaf plant. It was doing fine last year. This summer I took it out. Then I brought it back in in the fall. I washed it. Now the leaves are from dark green. They're going to a light green. And they seem like they've been sprayed with oil. And some of the leaves and the stems have had, like, sawdust on them. I wiped them on this week, but uh, I wonder what I'm doing wrong. Oh, I don't think you're doing anything wrong. I think there's something on that plant. If it looks like they've been sprayed with oil, then they probably have, they're probably sticky. Yeah. Yeah, so that's liquid that's coming. It's very shining. Yeah. Yeah, and so the shininess the leaves, some of is, them are turning to a light green and they're drying out, they're dying. Yeah, I wonder if maybe you have something called spider mites on that plant. Spider mites I cause like a lot the of leaves. Stuff fell off. I was wiping the leaves and the stems and they fell on the ground like on my, where I have it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, what did the leaves fell? No, the, the like the like the dust. The, what particles that were stuck on the stems and on the leaves? Sure. And are the particles tiny, like like a dust, yes, or very are they? Tiny. Yeah, uh, it sounds like spider mites. Color. Okay, so here's my suggestion. You're going to go to your local garden center uh, or probably even a, a Canadian tire type store would have what you're looking for. It's called End All, two words, E-N-D-A-L-L. It'll say right on it that it is uh, designed for houseplants or indoor spraying, and it is designed to control spider mites, which is what I believe you have going on. Make sure that plant is kept isolated from any other plants because you don't want to spread this. It's not even, I was going to say this insect. It's a spider, tiny microscopic spider that sucks the juices out of the leaves and it leaves holes behind where it has been sucking and liquid drips out. And that's why you get shiny stickiness when the the um, little critters are moving around on the plant. Hard to see, but you will see webbing and you also will see, like you say, little dust particles. That's actually their poop. So it's like tiny, the, the actual mites themselves are red. So if you run your fingers on the back one of the leaves and then run your finger on the palm of your hand, you'll see orange and that's their little bodies being smeared because they are red spider mites and they are just a real problem and they can ultimately kill the plant. So you want to lower the population of these of the mites. So follow the instructions on the end all package and it will, uh, if used properly, should at least keep, you know, control the population to a manageable amount. It's hard to eliminate them all. You have to spray more than once, but uh, it's certainly worth a try. Okay. Thank you very much. And I enjoy listening to your show. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Thank thanks you. for calling, Niles. Uh Charlie, you yes. received an email mm. uh, earlier in the week, and I was just going to uh, Which pull one, that the up. one from Alan? Yeah. Yeah, I know it's great. Those eh? are impressive pictures. As he he had called about his hibiscus, right? Right. So people, uh, regular li- listeners to the show will remember that last week Alan called and he was talking about his hibiscus, eight feet tall. What do I do? What do I do? I don't want them so tall. And I right away assumed he was talking about Rose of Sharon. Turns right. out, no, he was actually talking about uh, what we call perennial or herbaceous. A hibiscus and uh yeah it's pretty pretty cool um so i did send him a website from the missouri botanical garden they have a great website of many many plants and it recommended pinching these plants twice okay. through the growing season pinching the top and uh by doing that pinching you will keep them shorter and denser and yes he has a front yard that is solid brightly flowered hibiscus beautiful beautiful like he said it's a showstopper you know people stop and take pictures and yeah um, i read because i was you know just interested i don't grow this plant i don't have enough consistent moisture at my house plus i have too much wind this plant would just blow over at my house but um it's uh, you want it in a moist location it it commonly is referred to as a swamp mallow uh big big flower dinner plate sized flowers i was going to say they're like plates they're huge yeah Yeah, exactly and so it's considered the largest so um 
largest so the largest flowers produced by any perennial that is winter hardy in our area. Um, so that is, you know, we have many winter hardy perennials, but nobody yes. flowers that large of flowers. And he's got quite a nice variety of color in there. He's got some white ones and some red, deep red ones and a couple of pinks. Exactly. They're just beautiful. They are very slow to get going in the spring. So remember okay. where they are. There's a tendency to think that they're all dead. They they pop out of the ground uh, a little bit after most of our other plants. But um, the other thing is any one plant, they all, the flowers don't last very long. Like it's a day or two if you're lucky. Okay. Plants can get up to seven feet tall. Uh, but what is sort of sweet is that you can have up to 20 flowers on any one plant at the same time when it's in full bloom. And they bloom regularly. Right through from July to September, so they have a long mm -hmm. bloom period. So pretty fun and and beautiful picture. So thanks, thanks again, yeah. Ellen. We appreciate that. Well, in a in a world where you know, on the garden show here, we quite often you will get uh, callers as we've had this morning about people who are struggling mm -hmm. to get their you know their things to grow or to bloom. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. So Alan's got a great problem because he's <laughs> got, he's got an abundance and of blooms and just really need he I think he just wants to keep them a bit shorter is that really what he's after yeah i think so he just said that they're so tall i mean he wants to keep them i think and and wisely so um just so that they're more at eye level i mean once they're seven or eight feet tall then you've got to look up to see yeah. them right so keeping them a little bushier a little denser a little like even five feet tall would be nice it's, yes and he's got like a forest it's very cool yeah. Very, very neat. Okay, uh, we are going to take a short break. We have to. We're going to listen to some important and appreciated messages, and we will be right back with much more on the Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. We are back here on the Garden Show on the 20th of January, and yeah. uh, you were mentioning a little bit earlier spring, and I would <laughs> imagine that spring is exactly two months away, right? It oh. can happen around the 21st of March. We so, yeah, so I think hope. as of this, this weekend, we are two months away nice. from officially from spring. Yes, indeed. Okay, we have a caller on the line. We have a couple. Uh, we're going to go first to uh, Warner, and Warner is calling from Tilsonburg. Welcome to the Garden Show, Warner. Hello. Morning. How is Charlie? Great. How are you doing, Warner? Haven't heard from you in a while. I know. Always something coming between. I think <laughs> I have to call Charlie. Well, I've missed you calling. What's going on at your place? I had to give up the garden. Why? Wow. It's that time. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I'm an old guy. Oh, you don't sound that old. Yeah, <laughs> I'm turning 86. Oh, yeah. So, well, uh, so you've got some plants for indoors to keep you busy? No, we, we uh, in pots. We're going to grow in pots. Oh, good idea. Yeah. Yeah, because then it's like a raised garden. You can, it's not, none of this bending down and crawling yeah, around. Yeah, 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 right. It's a better. Right, right. Anyways, I had to give you a call. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you did. I'm very glad you did. And uh, so what are you planning on planting into your pots? Tomatoes? Yeah. <laughs> tomatoes. What, right. What's your, what's your favorite tomato, Warner? Beefsteak. Yeah, beefsteak. 
big, fat, juicy BLTs, yeah? Nice yeah, on a sandwich? One slice covers the sandwich. Exactly. Wow, I just got really hungry, no. Warner. I got to tell you, I love hey, BLTs. Me too. I feel like yeah, I should yeah. do something like that for breakfast. All right. <laughs> well, bacon, All right. bacon and tomato. Yeah, exactly. Well, sandwich. good. Well, thank you for calling. And let us know how it's going in the spring. Okay, dear. Yeah, All right. And say, uh, I, I don't know the name of your partner, but say hi to him as well. Hi, <laughs> Warner. This is Dean. And then my other partner was Frank. I'll say hi to Frank when I when I speak with him oh, as yeah, well. Frank, yeah. Okay, yeah. Charlie. Thanks, Have Warner. Merry yeah. Christmas to you. Same <laughs> to you. Bye-bye. Well, I'm looking forward to tomatoes already now. So well, now and, we've, we've talked about Emma. We've Now we've talked to Warner. Yeah, and I, I am in, so in the mood for a BLT now. And I'm talking growing lettuce in my basement. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's too early. Don't anybody grow your start tomatoes yet. It's way too early. I know we want to get dirty and we want to get going, but it's too early. When should we? When is it okay oh, to start them? Hold back. I mean, I've been keeping notes, and every for the last few springs, I've planted my tomatoes too early. So I think um, the soonest I'm going to plant a tomato seed is about the third week of March. Like it's really the kind of thing you got to hold off. So that's why I'm thinking I'll get into the lettuce business in the meantime. And, uh, <laughs> and, and Dean, you you might not remember, but Warner. <laughs> was is quite the tomato grower and he has a recipe that he shared with us on how to grow the best tomatoes oh that's that's warner is it who yeah. oh, okay yes yeah. i have a vague memory of that it's something yeah. about an upside down bottle i think up uh, yeah like um pop bottles two liter pop bottles cut out the bottom uh and that the whole recipe is actually on my website which is charliedobbin.com um on how to grow warner's best tomatoes and some of people who have tried it have said it's amazing it works really really well but it's based on a skim milk powder once a week and water through that funnel of a, of these bottles that are upside down uh, at the stem of each of your tomatoes well if warner grows tomatoes as successfully as it seems he does and that you can cut and one slice covers the bread then i'm not <laughs> going to argue with that i'm just going to do it exactly good idea <laughs> Okie dokie. Okay, going to give out the numbers again, 416-360-0740. Or if you live in Tilsonburg or anywhere outside Toronto, like Warner does, uh, he would have used this number, one 740 4740 Okay, we're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Are you experiencing blurry vision, eye strain, or headaches from staring at screens all day? Are you concerned about AMD? Protect your eyes with New Nordic's Blueberry Strong. Blueberry Strong nourishes your eyes with lutein and concentrated wild Swedish blueberries with a superior concentration of color pigments and antioxidants, promoting healthy eyesight, better night vision, and less eye strain. That's why Blueberry Strong is Scandinavia's number one selling eye supplement. Available at Shoppers Drug Mart, Walmart, Loblaws, Jean Coutu, and London Drugs, or online at Amazon and NewNordic.ca. There's nothing more Canadian than a toque, right? That may be true, but do you know what else is very Canadian? The fact that an estimated 263,000 Canadians experience homelessness every year. Let's change that. When you buy a Raising the Roof toque, you are supporting long-term solutions to homelessness through the creation of affordable housing. Because it's not just a toque. It's a Canadian symbol you can actually stand behind. Visit RaisingTheRoof.org to get yours today. 
Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back here on the Garden Show, and we are going to go to Diane, who is uh, sorry, no, we're not. We're going to go to Anne, Anne, who is calling from uh, Georgetown. Welcome to the Garden Show, Anne. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you much. Yeah. I have. What do you, what uh, do you got for Charlie there, Anne? Pardon? What have you got for Charlie? What question have you got? I have gerbet daisies that I brought in last year. Uh, I put them under a grow light. They seem to be growing up pretty good, but then the leaves turn like crispy and die. Mm. So I don't know. Mm. Are they going to still grow? Well, I th- I find them challenging to bring indoors or even to grow indoors. Uh, Again, they're one of those plants that if you can water from below, you will avoid getting the stems and the leaves wet at soil level because I find that that's when they tend to to turn to mush. Um, Yeah, I mean, bottom line is you brought them inside. Uh-huh. The best way to do that when you do bring plants in in the fall, like Gerber or daisies, because they are hot weather South African uh, plants, you want to cut them right back, basically. Um, but generally, we don't do that because they look so pretty. So um, uh, I'm just double checking here. Bright, bright sun, only water as required. Feel the soil before watering. And um, yeah, look closely make sure there's no infestation of any insects because uh, you might have brought something in with them as with those as well and um cool weather cool sorry cool temperatures slightly cooler than room temperature if you can provide that but lots and lots of sun is the main thing well my window is in they're right behind i have a sectional and they're right behind there with the grow light but Mm. i'm on what what side does the sun come up (laughs) north No, east in, in the morning. In that window. So okay. They're on the floor, and I just keep them there with the grow light on them. Okay, and how long is the grow light on it during the day? Uh, I leave it on for hours, and then before I go to bed, I turn it off. Okay, yeah, so one of the things I do is I'll use a timer with my grow lights just so I can be consistent with the amount of light the plants get. And at this time of year, believe it or not, the Gerbers should be getting about 16 hours of light. So that's kind of 8 in the morning till midnight. Oh, all right. (laughs) So lots and lots of hours of light. So, um, And you'll find that they will start to perk up. Uh, They should, anyway, with that amount of light. All righty, I'll, tr- I'll see what I can do. Thank All you very right. much. Good luck Listen with that. Thanks, Anne. Yep. Good luck, okay, Anne. Thank you. I love Ger- thank you. I love Gerber daisies. I, love, I know. I, love them. I buy them cut <laughs> quite often and put them in a vase in the house. I love them. They do make a great cut flower, but they are challenging to keep healthy and happy in our homes, I find. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, even outside, they can be a bit challenging to have them stay flowering all summer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can imagine there certainly are. There are flowers that are more challenging mm-hmm. and then others that just seem to grow like wildfire or wildfire, wildfire. <laughs> there you go. Says yes. me. Easy to say. No, but it's yeah, I know. And, and, and also, 
I think each of us has some plants that we're more challenged by because, you know, I'll, I'll say, oh, gosh, it's so easy to grow blah, blah, blah. And somebody else will go, oh, I can't grow that. But it's really easy to grow blah, blah. And it's like, oh, I can't grow that. So it's, sometimes it's our soil. It's just our environment where we're growing or it's our love of watering or not watering. Right. Sun, sun patterns. Yeah. Sun, yeah, sun yeah. yeah. All sorts of things. Exactly. A lot of factors. A lot of yeah. factors. OK, we have a first time caller on the line. We're going to Diane who is from Orangeville. Welcome to the Garden Show, Diane. Hello. Nice Hi, to I want to nice I'm going to give you your garden wings, too. Diane, okay? I don't want to forget. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. I enjoy your show. Um, my you. daughters gave me a hen, a grafted weeping pussy willow tree, and yeah. I got quite a few trees in my backyard. Like, do these things get big if I plant it outside? Oh, yeah. So is it a little little one in a pot? Yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, they're about, <laughs> about a foot tall. Yep, you're right. <laughs> Very sweet. Yeah, nice. Well, okay, so it's a willow. It needs lots and lots of water. They love their oh. water. You can't really overwater a willow. Do oh, you okay. want this ultimately in your yard? Hmm, good question. Not really. They grow fast the and I they grow think. big. No, I don't have the room. I already in my backyard is an average size. It's not huge. Yeah. I'm in a suburb, and I've got a, a Deborah, and I've got a red maple, and I've got a harlequin. Okay, and yeah. I think, you don't have and, room. And so you know what, though? If the, Right now, keep an eye on that plant. It's in a little pot. It, it does have drainage holes. So just keep an eye. Double check when roots start to grow out of the drainage holes, which they will, if you're watering and giving it sunshine and, you know, looking after it, you will, if you pot it up to the next size pot, I think it's probably in a six inch or eight inch now, go up to a 10 inch and then even up maybe to a 12 inch by spring or summer and just have it as a, as an interesting um uh, Patio plant is what I would do. It, uh, you know, fun to have in the spring and, and the summer. And then it you could just leave it in the pot next winter if you do take it out in the summer. And it may or may not survive in the pot, but don't put it in the ground, whatever you do, because it will take over. Oh, no. And, and I hear uh, the roots are bad for your foundation, too. Is yeah. So if you were putting it in the ground, then it goes way, way far from the house. They have very, very voracious roots. Willows are kind of famous for that. So, but yeah. it is a pussy willow. So I mean, nothing says spring quite like the sweet little buds of a pussy willow, and uh, and they're pretty knew. tough plants. So you might enjoy yeah. it as a as a real sort of conversation piece on the patio in a in a container, but don't put it in the ground. So if I don't go uh, bigger than 10-inch pot, it won't grow anymore? So oh, it will. It's just at some point you're going to just say enough. I just don't want to keep potting it up bigger and bigger. But, yeah, yeah, you, the bigger the pot, the bigger the plant. Oh, right? So that's okay. the theory behind bonsai. Bonsai are tiny pots with plants dwarfed to keep them tiny. I see. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for uh, your help. Yeah, thanks for calling. Do need- don't be a stranger. I won't. That's and, a- uh, do they need a lot of sun though? Because I don't. Yeah, get a lot of yeah, sun bright. In my house. Well, put it in, keep it in a bright spot now over the winter until you get it outside in the spring, and yes, out into a okay. sunny location eventually. I'll keep my lamp on then. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got okay. one of those sunlights. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. And thanks again, uh, Diane. Call again yep. next- don't be a stranger. 
Too okay, funny. Um, I got to tell you, uh, yeah. willows, uh, weeping willow, is, yeah. uh, has always been my favorite tree. But yeah. and I, and I remember my friend down the street when I was growing up in Ancaster. They had a huge, huge weeping willow in front of the house, and I recall yeah. even back then that they had some major problems because the roots had gotten into their uh, their water pipes or their mm-hmm. you know the water coming in from the the road and stuff yeah. like that and or their exit. I don't know, but I remember that it infiltrated through the roots and they had a big job getting it all up and they cut down that tree and they got rid of it. Yeah, that's the problem. And then, you know, what happens, of course, is the drain, it affects your drains. Right. So suddenly you're in the shower and the water won't drain out of the shower. And gotcha. it's because the, that whole, it's all, that's all filled with roots. Oh, they, they're insidious with their roots. That's the yes. thing. Love yeah. them. But anyway, so hey, the, I just remember before we yeah, I you have have an to let you right? go. Yeah, just quickly remember, I am speaking to the Midland Horticultural Society this Monday night. Beautiful. So um, I'm speaking on the subject of uh, sexy soil. Soil is sexy. Not to be afraid of soil, that it's a lot of fun. And um, do feel free to join me, Midland Horticultural Society. It's a Zoom event, so it's something that I'm sure anybody could be part of. Um, uh, you can email me at in, but here at MZ Media, and I can provide you with the link to uh, to joining in on at 6:45 this Monday, January 22nd. Okay, and again, uh, Charlie's email is c.dobbin at mzmedia.com. Okay, yeah, so do mm-hmm. it. Or if you have a picture or something you want to send her, that's where you That's where yeah. Love those. <laughs> All right, okay. thanks, Dean. Well, thank you. And thanks, Ashi. It's been, a, it's been a lot of fun. I hope it's going to be a little warmer, maybe a little snowier next Saturday. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the meantime, stay warm. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.